0: Hi there, welcome to Glen Eden Baptist Church's podcast network. We're glad you can join us today. If you'd like more information on the church, please visit us on our website, www.gebc.org.nz. We hope you enjoy the pod. Um, I have the privilege of preaching for the first time in three months. It's really good. Thank you, Gary, for letting me preach. It's good. And... Um, Uh, I also have the privilege of introducing a brand new sermon series out of the Book of Romans. Man, you are in for an absolute treat in the coming weeks as we study this powerfully, explosive, life-changing message of God. It's awesome. Who thinks the Word of God is awesome? Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your Word. Thank you that you've given us your Word and your Spirit, and when those two things happen together, when they collide in our life, all things are possible, God. So, Holy Spirit, as your anointing has been with us today, now may you just drench your scriptures as they are read and drench the words that are that are spoken around them and Lord drench our hearts so that we will be receptive to all that you have for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the word of the Lord from Romans. I'm going to read a good chunk of Romans first chapter of Romans right through to verse 17. Paul a servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures the gospel concerning his son who was descended from david according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of god with power according to the holy the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead jesus christ our lord through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all gentiles for the sake of his name including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to God's beloved in Rome, who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed throughout the world. For God, whom I serve with my spirit by announcing the gospel of his Son, is my witness, that without ceasing I remember you always in my prayers. Asking that, God, that by God's will, I may somehow at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, so that I may share with you some spiritual gift, so that you may be strengthened. Or rather, so that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been pre- prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you, as I have among the rest of the Gentiles. I am obliged to both Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. Hence my eagerness to proclaim the gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is God's saving power for everyone who believes, for the Jews first and also for the Greeks. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. Will live by faith. I am not ashamed of the gospel, the Apostle Paul says. That's kind of like fighting words, eh? When my kids would say to me, Mom, Dad, I'm not ashamed of the friends I hang out with. It's kind of like, you can't give me a hard time about that. Or I'm not ashamed for the clothes I wear. They wouldn't quite say it that way, but... uh, I think the Apostle Paul's telling us something. He's been getting a hard time about his gospel. Uh, the Jews that he hung out with, the, his, his fellow countrymen, the notion that the Messiah would be dragged off to a cross by the Romans and strung up on a cross, was just abhorrent to them. No Messiah would ever, that would not happen to them. And as for the, the, the Gentiles of Greek descent, their conception of who God was and what he would do was so contrary to this message that, 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 that Paul was preaching uh, that he, um, he would say, well, that's the message as it is. I'm not ashamed of it. So I want to ask you a question this morning. If Paul would say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, I just want to ask you this question, and you might want to take a minute to pause and ponder. What is your level of confidence in the gospel? What is your personal level of confidence in the message of Jesus Christ? As it's lived in your life, as it's lived out of your life, and as it's proclaimed, what is your confidence? In a culture that seems increasingly skeptical about any kind of um, exclusive truth claims, what's our level of confidence in this message of Jesus? What's our level of confidence in our culture's receptivity to that message? And then perhaps... Most importantly for you and I, what's your level of confidence to be able to proclaim that message of Jesus? Well, this morning, my purpose of my message is simple. My, my purpose is that our confidence in the gospel of Jesus would be strengthened. Amen? So the title of my talk this morning is Gospel Confidence for All. Turn to the person next to you and say those words. Gospel Confidence for All. Come on, do it. Gospel Confidence for All. So just uh, hold up the right number of fingers. Four thoughts. My prayer is simple. God, I pray that you would boost our confidence in the gospel message. So four thoughts about the gospel that I hope will boost your confidence. And the first one is that the gospel still works today. The gospel still works today. A couple of weeks ago, I got a call from a guy called Carl. Carl and his family used to come to our church um, His wife, Erica, got saved. Actually, I was invited to go down and do a naming ceremony. They never came to church, but I did a naming ceremony for the family, and the weak kids were little. And She came and did the Alpha course, and she got saved. Uh, But Carl just got mad. (laughs) He just got really mad. He thought God was taking his wife and family away from him. And... um, one day he got so mad, he came down to church, and we had an alpha banner hanging outside the church. And I'm not, not telling a lie here. He picked up rocks and started chucking rocks at the alpha sign. <laughs> he, he told the story in church. Everyone was just in fits of laughter. So you're the guy that smashed our alpha sign. And um, oh, it was funny. But then the wheels fell off his life. He did a dumb thing at work. He blew things up in his personal life. He just about lost his job. He just about lost his marriage. And in desperation, Carl did the alpha course. <laughs> And he got saved. The gospel still works today. And he was saying, you know, that decision has changed the whole trajectory of our life, of our family. It's a generational impact. These wee kids used to, uh, I love the wee one dancing out the front, their kids used to just run up. They they had no idea there were rules in church, they just did it anyway. So good, eh?" And now they're adults and now they love the Lord. You know, the gospel still works today. We need to believe that. Just never lose confidence in that. The gospel, the gospel, Christ in you. The hope of glory. Man, what could be more powerful than that? The gospel still works today. So that's the first one. Actually, here's one more thing. A couple of weeks ago, I was invited by someone in our community and my role as chaplain, I get referrals from, from the Fanau Center to go and pray for people. And I got a call from a, I'm a person. I'll call her Sally. Sally was disturbed. There was something in her life. And she said, would you come and pray for me? So I thought, I'm not going to go alone. Jenny and Grayson were kind enough to come with me. So Jenny and Grayson and I, we went round to the s- Sally's house. And, and I thought, I'll just step back and let them minister. And just Grayson was so lovely, just caring and praying. And, and she was sitting on the couch, and Jenny just had her arm around the Sally. And she was just speaking truth into her life and praying for her. This nurturing, loving expression of the heart of God, there it is that 's the gospel right there. The gospel still works today. Next point I just want to bolster your confidence in the gospel is the gospel relies on teams, not just spiritual superstars. You know, I just have so much admiration for people who have the gift of evangelism. There are some people who just have this amazing ability in a very short space of time, to take someone who knows nothing about Jesus to bring them through to a place of salvation. I just think that's amazing. But I don't think most of us are superstars when it comes to evangelism. I think most of us are just regular rank-and-file Christ followers. But guess what? God wants you on the team. Mission, declaring the gospel in, in living and speaking, and it's both, It's both. Declaring the gospel and living and speaking is a team endeavor. I think to some extent we've elevated individuals, but I think the gospel works best when a team of people take hold of it. And each one of us deploy our different gifts and talents and abilities and bring it together. So here's my question for you on this one. What I want you to do is, if you're a follower of Jesus today, I want you to think back to the team of people that God used in your life to bring you to faith. Who were those people? What did that team look like? Maybe it was a praying grandmother. Just picture those people in your mind. Maybe it was a work colleague who you got to know. You thought, eh, these Christians are kind of normal. Not all of them are normal, but most of them are normal. Who was, who was that? What was that team of people that the Spirit of God used over a period of time to usher you into the kingdom of God? Somewhere along that journey, someone... Someone said, "Would you like to become a Christian?" I remember once at church, I was at the end of a service, and a lady who'd been coming, she was, not, she, was she, she came to our kids' club, she came up the front and she asked for prayer, and I was praying all these prayers. And then Monique just turned to her and said, um, "Angela, would you like to become a Christian today?" And she said, "Yes, I would, please. I'd kind of missed that. Sometimes it just takes a person to ask, But the thing is, there's a whole team of people, a whole team of people. Sometimes people are saying to me, Simon, when's uh, it kind of makes me feel a bit uncomfortable, when's your alpha course starting? I think, hang on, it's not my alpha course. This is a this is a course that belongs to a team. And the team is more than just the people who will have it happen on the day. The team is you. The team is the people who had a vision for planting a church in this community and had the audacity to build an auditorium this size, eh, Gary? It's a team deal. It's the people who turned up yesterday and pulled weeds out of the garden and swept and washed things down to make these facilities attractive and welcoming. Evangelism, mission, the gospel is a team deal. There's space on God's team for you. I I just have to say to you, I'm just one chaplain. I'm just one guy. I can't do it all on my own. I need you on the team. Gary needs you on the team. Just, I just feel, just to say, we need more home groups, more small groups. So many words for it, I get confused. What do you call them, Gary? They are life groups. We need more life group hosts. You might be part of a, a life group, and you love that life group. But today God is saying to you, it's time to leave the comfort of that life group and strike out and start a new one. Amen, Gary? Mission. The gospel is a team endeavor. Don't wait to think, well, I'll just leave it for the Alpha team or the Simon or Gary. We want you on the team. So get back to my notes. So gospel confidence. Be part of A team of people. And, you know, in your small group, just say, who are we praying for? Who are the people in our lives that we're intentionally reaching out to with the gospel? Be prayerful in your small groups. Whatever team you're in, make make the gospel a central focus of that team. Even if you're in the property team or the finance team, make the gospel the central focus. Anyway, so gospel confidence. The gospel still works today. Amen? There's room in the the gospel team for you. Amen? And then thirdly, what you think disqualifies you from partnering in the gospel may be the very thing God wants to use to empower you to share his gospel. When I was in my 20s, I did um, pottery night classes at Auckland Studio Potters in Onehanga. Anyone else do studio night classes at pottery? So they taught you that you came as a raw recruit, and you'd try a lump of clay on a, on a pottery wheel, and you'd kind of make these things, and my, my pots were sort of very wobbly and stuff. But anyway, at the end of the night, you'd get a piece of strings, take it off, put it on a board, and you'd take it across to the kiln room, and you'd leave it to be bisque-fired that week. The following Wednesday, when I came back to, um, to um, Auckland Studio Potters, the very first place I wanted to go was the kiln room, because I wanted to see what my pots looked like. So, I kind of had this vague notion that maybe the fire would transform them into something magnificent, but they were still just as wobbly. But in addition to that, often in the kiln, if you didn't compress the bottom of the pot properly, you'd get these big S cracks. Uh, so, I, I took these things home. I wasn't going to throw them on the rubbish pile, they were my creations. And I gave them to friends and family, and they all said, Oh, these are lovely pots, so I'll put something in that. Um, but, you know, you, probably you'd throw them out, but they were my pots. They weren't perfect. In fact, I kind of like the, the, the imperfections and the wobbliness. And I was thinking about that in relation to something Paul says in Second Corinthians. Paul, in Second Corinthians, Paul says that God is amazing. He has poured this treasure out, this treasure of the gospel, this treasure of his life. He's poured it out. And you might think, well, what kind of receptacle would be worthy of that? Maybe a golden goblet or something, or a crystal vase. But then in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, this is what he says. Something's quite shocking. He says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. So here's what hits me every time with that verse. The very thing that you and I sometimes think disqualifies from being the kind of person who could share the gospel In a weird kind of way, it's the thing that God often uses in your place of weakness, in your place of kind of wobbliness and, you know, brokenness. God uses that. I wonder what that is for you. I wonder what the thing is in your life. You think, oh, I don't know if I could tell people about Jesus because I've got that thing happening in my life. Maybe you struggle with anxiety. Do you know how many other people right now, today, coming into this auditorium are struggling with anxiety? Maybe that's the thing that God will use. Maybe you have a physical disability. Maybe you're you're past. Maybe there's there's a, a habit or a kind of a sin in your life. You just keep stumbling over it day after day. And every day you go back to God and say, God, forgive me again. Maybe that's the thing as you speak about that, how God, every time you come to him and ask for forgiveness, you receive that. Maybe that's the thing that God will use. And I just want to say this morning, rethink. perhaps it's time to rethink about, you know, if you imagine that kind of wobbly cracked pot, God has poured all of who he is, his love, his grace, and the message of the gospel into your life. And it could be that those places of vulnerability and weakness are the very thing he wants to use so that you can share your faith with other wobbly crack people. Amen? We have this treasure in jars of clay so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. So gospel confidence... Uh, means rejecting the idea that the messy bits of our life disqualify you from sharing your faith. And then lastly, gospel confidence is all about remembering that the Holy Spirit is our ministry partner. The Holy Spirit is your ministry partner. Um, a few weeks ago, I was impl- invited to go and pray through a person's property. They'd had some, some funky stuff going on, and they, they said, we'll get the chaplain to come around. So I went around and... Um, I was there with, I'll call her Mary and her mum, and we, we, it was delightful. I went around and prayed through the property, and then I just said, you know, it seems to me that, that often kind of evil presents are more interested in people than places. So would you let me pray for you too? And as I, as I prayed for Mary, um, you could just see, you know, when, sometimes when you're in that space, the Holy Spirit's doing something, eh? And she, she begins to cry. And I'm standing there thinking, sometimes you kind of reach a wall, where to now, God? What do I do next? Right? And I really sense God gave me some words for her. I just said, Mary, what you're feeling, you're feeling love through me, but what you're actually feeling is God's love for you. That didn't come from me. That, that was an idea that came straight from the heart of God for her. So when you feel kind of, oh, how, would I, how would I have this conversation? What would I say to that person? Just remember you have the Holy Spirit in you as a ministry partner to share the gospel. Hmm. Um here's a photo. I'll just look at this photo. Here's me assembling our flat pack kitchen a couple of weeks ago. Minnik and I thought we need a new kitchen. Let's be clever and buy a flat pack kitchen. Who thought that was a good idea? I think our marriage is strong, let's make flat-pack kitchen together. <laughs> um, I wish I had a photo of Monique. Um, we have very different approaches to dealing with flat-pack kitchens. So they come with a set of instructions, and Monique's a new ancient teacher, so what would you do? you get your highlighter pens out, and you just, every time you highlight something that needs to be done, and then when you've done it, you put another highlighter pen on the top of it. So that was her methodology. It kind of seemed to work okay for her. My methodology is to pull the bits out of the box and start trying to put them together. And um, oh my goodness! I like play. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, so, I mean, the tricky bits was with the drawers. There's these kind of drawer things. You have to kind of click them together. So you had to sort of align them and go thunk like, this, like And hers were going thunk click. Mine were going thunk thunk. And um, and I was thinking, so she says, "Well, have you read the instructions?" And I was saying, I have no confidence in the instructions. (laughs) I had to repent of that because eventually she said, well, you just read the instructions. What we learned, if it doesn't happen easily, it's probably not right. And she would say, Simon, it's operator error. You're not doing it (laughs) properly. What on earth has that got to do? Confidence. Confidence. You know, I had to repent of ignoring the instructions. I just wondered this morning if some of us have lost confidence in the gospel. And we haven't just doubted the message, we've doubted us as holders of that, and we've doubted our ability to partner with the Holy Spirit in sharing the gospel. So can we just take a moment, kind of this is a sacred moment, a repentance moment, because our mindsets, our attitudes, our thinking, so much of that shapes how we live our lives. I heard a great quote the other day. What you believe about God is the most important thing. I want to expand that thought. What you believe about the gospel really matters, man. It really matters. So let's just take a moment. It's kind of a repentance moment around our attitude around the gospel. Heavenly Father, we ask for your forgiveness if we have become in any way disillusioned, despondent, um, cynical, disconnected, disinterested. And you're calling on each and every one of our lives to live and to give away the gospel of Jesus. Holy Spirit, on this Pentecost Sunday. Just re-establish in our lives a passion, a confidence so that like Paul we would say, I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. Father, forgive us. We just come before you and we just, we just repent of any, any attitudes that are, are at odds with your desire to use us to spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and Father, we just reaffirm in our hearts that the gospel still works today. We say we're ready and willing to take our part in those teams that you would use to bring people to Jesus. Lord, we have each of us have unique gifts and talents. We choose to deploy them for the furtherance of your gospel. Thank you, God, that you don't need us to be perfect. In fact, just like the Apostle Peter, who denied Jesus three times, and the Apostle Paul who beat up on the church, we couldn't be any worse than that, God. So we just we bring to you all of who we are, even the messy, broken, wobbly bits, and we commit them to you, and we pray that through the wonder of who you are, you would use them as illustrations of what you can do in our lives. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you empower us to share through faith and through word the gospel of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we, are, we just acknowledge our dependence upon you today to give us words and most of all, to break our hearts again for lost people, God. Break our hearts afresh for lost people, God. Forgive us for our casualness about that break our hearts for lost people. And all we think of the Alpha course that will be starting on Wednesday at one o'clock. Lord, as people gather and the gospel is proclaimed, may the Spirit of God come upon that room, the mash room. I still call it the mash room, Lord. It's not the mash room anymore. I still call it the mash Lord, may the Spirit of God come upon that space so that people get it and lives are changed. On. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we're we're here. We're available. Lord, while we're living and kicking, we we will own the name of Christ. Own the name of Christ, Lord. Thank you for this fellowship of people who love Jesus and are not ashamed. We as Glen Eden Baptist Church, we are not ashamed for the gospel. May it be something that just rises afresh in our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining with us today. If you'd like to know more information on the church or reach out to one of the pastors, please visit our website, www.gevc.org.nz. hope you have a great day.